Aloha and welcome again to the Hawaii Vacation Connection. My name is Bruce Fisher. Thanks for tuning in. Got a great show for you for this August 2nd, 2013. It's a Monday and this is our 626 podcast. Glad you're here. We're going to be talking about some news we have for you. We're also going to tell you about Maui's quaint little towns. I'm just going to focus in on some of these really nice little spots you can visit when you go to Maui. This podcast is brought to you by us. We're the owners of Hawaii Aloha Travel. We're in Hawaii, Hawaii's experts. And you can catch us on the web at www.hawaii-aloha.com. You can also reach us just by uh, giving us a call. Old school. Do people dial the phone or press the phone? Whatever you do, you can use that phone of yours and give us a call at 1-800-843-8771. All of our agents are born and raised here in Hawaii or lived here most of their lives. So if you're planning a trip to Hawaii, you certainly stumbled across a great resource. We provide a lot of information for you to help you make Hawaii vacation planning decisions. And ultimately, we hope you'll reach out to us and let us earn your business by getting involved. You can also email me, Bruce, at hawaii-aloha.com. Check out our Facebook, our Twitter feed. Also check out our YouTube channel, Mr. Bruce One, and download our app in the App Store or the Play Store. Well, I hope you're having a great week. I hope you had a nice Labor Day weekend. I certainly did. Did a tour yesterday. If you haven't heard about it, I have a new tour that I'm doing. It's uh, Aloha Bruce's Great Oahu Adventure. So if you'd like to get in the Jeep with me and drive around the island, I always try to give people a very unique experience, try to find something new and interesting for them to do. No two tours are really quite the same. And we go at your own pace and we try to go off the beaten path to places that you normally wouldn't get to if you're here on Oahu. Uh, this week, the, Yesterday I took some folks out to Pearl Harbor, but I didn't just take them to Pearl Harbor. I got them like an all-access pass to places you can't get to. In fact, we saw the USS Utah. And I had never seen this, but the USS Utah is actually one of the ships that, that were sank during uh, you know, Pearl Harbor on that infamous day. And the cool thing about this particular wreckage is that it still sticks up out of the water. There were only 15 or 20 people on that boat at the time when it got sunk. So it doesn't get a lot of the attention. But you know what? It was so much more powerful to look at this wreckage in the water at Pearl Harbor. It's kind of right at the mouth of Pearl Harbor, the opening of Pearl Harbor, where you see this. And it's you really can't get to it unless you do something like I have for you. So I can get access to this if it's something you want to see. And these are the kind of fun things I like to do on the tour. Just find somebody that can get me in some place and take you guys there. Another thing I'm doing is these Hawaii Five O tours, taking people to locations around the island. So if you want to do that, let me know as well. Just uh, drop me an email, bruce at hawaii-aloha.com. Well, lots of news to share with you. You know, it seems like restaurants and local places are closing down left and right here. On our other podcast, Lucky We Live Hawaii, we've been following what's happening on the North Shore. Aoki's Shave Ice is got shut down because uh, Kamehameha Schools is coming in and putting in all new shops and restaurants in there, raising the rent and in effect, ousting people that have been up there for years and years and years. I just don't understand why this is happening. 
But another famous uh, favorite nightclub and restaurant is closing, and I had feelings about this for quite some time. Indigo Restaurant, which is in Chinatown, has now closed its door. Doors. Uh, Thursday, last Thursday night was the last night for it, and that was just a great place to go. It um, was one of those popular places in, in Chinatown that I would always recommend, and the food was great, so no longer there. Hawaiian Airlines is talking about bringing iPad minis to their flight. So when you go on a Hawaiian Airlines flight, apparently they're going to give you an iPad mini, and they've contracted with Blue Box Avionics which is a global provider of portable in-flight entertainment. And they're going to deploy all these uh, iPads, about 1,500 of, uh, of them, on 14 Hawaiian Airlines flights. And then I guess you'll be able to choose and pick and choose stuff you want to watch on that iPad or mini pad, mini iPad, whatever. Um, apparently, it's going to be about $15 to reserve it if you're going to reserve it prior to getting there and 17 bucks if you do it on the plane. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. I just bring my own iPad with me, and I just load it up with stuff. I don't know why I would need one of these, but apparently they think people will. And it'll be interesting to see how that works for them. HTA, you know, my favorite Hawaii tourism authority. You know, I've been very critical of them, and I continue to be. But they had their big meeting, and they do this every year. Of course, if you're a member, which I am, you still have to pay for these meetings. And you have to pay hundreds of dollars to go to their meetings, which you should, probably should be getting, I think, for free. I mean, if you're a member of something and you're paying dues, you should be able to at least get get in there for free or get a, a special deal. But no, nothing like that, of course. So, of course, I didn't go. I just watched, uh, watched it online. They had uh, stuff online. There was over 700 industry stakeholders there. And they were talking about some unforeseen challenges that they're going to be having. There's a little bit of a fear that there's going to be a slowdown. And, of course, they have all kinds of goals that they're trying to reach. They say that they're forecasting a 3.2 visitor increase in 2014, while projecting expenditures were climb 5.1% to more than $16 billion in 2014. So interesting news there. Another interesting survey I saw just in about traveling in general and going back to airplanes again is this whole idea whether or not cell phones should be allowed to be used on planes. Now, I don't have a problem with somebody using their cell phone on the plane, but I do have a problem with vo you know voice calls. And I think people also are concerned about it because 47% of people say they're opposed to people talking on their cell phone. Um... Actually, 47% that they're just opposed to them altogether. Um, and 31% said they're okay with it as long as people don't use their phone. And that's really where I have a problem with it. I, I think that people, you know, I don't want to hear somebody talking on the phone next to me or people with their conversations on the phone. Seems kind of weird. Um, let's see. Um, also, TSA is talking about eliminating a security measure. And they decided to go out to the public and ask the public what they think, what things that they would like to see eliminated as part of airport security. And the top responses were removing of shoes, which I hate doing that too, don't you? Is that disgusting? You have to remove your shoes. And what if you're wearing, you know, slippers like we do a lot of us here in Hawaii where we don't have socks, then we got to take those off and walk on the dirty floor and everything. Kind of weird. 
I wish they would eliminate that. Other countries, they don't have that. And also, um, limiting liquids on carry-on bag baggage. 24% said that they would like that to be lifted or the security measures to be a little, you know, uh, not as tight for those kinds of things. And uh, people are, they, there was another question asked when asked, uh, what is your f level of satisfaction with airport security today? 82% say they're satisfied or neutral with today's security measures. 62% say they are satisfied. 9% say they're neither satisfied or unsatisfied. So they get a pretty good mark there. And I really haven't had too many problems with uh, TSA personally. I don't know. But it's good to see that they're reaching out to the public, getting, you know, sort of crowdsourcing it, if you will, trying to find out what people want or don't want. Uh, by the way, Airport Times was also in the survey, and they asked folks, how much extra time do you typically allow at the airport before your domestic U.S. flight? 27% say 30 minute, one hour to 30 minutes. I mean, one hour and 30 minutes. 27% uh, said an hour, and 21% say two hours. I noticed there's no three hours. I know people that like to get to the airport three hours in advance. I like to try and get, if it's, it's going to be a, you know, an international flight, I like to get there a couple of hours in advance usually. But no more than an hour, I think. Because you never know what can happen at the airport. And for Hawaii, we tell people a couple of hours before coming here if you're going to be headed to the airport. And I caution people also about using those electronic board, boarding passes because there could be a situation where you print out that boarding pass before you leave and, you know, print it out at home and then for some reason not make it to the airport because of an accident or traffic or some other weird delay. If that happens, you're a no-show. You're going to lose your ticket and you're going to lose the money for that ticket. So I caution people about that. You don't really need to do that. It's so easy to check in at the airport. But uh, just be aware of that. That could happen if you do do a you know printed out boarding pass. Anyway, let's get to the topic today because I want to talk about Maui's little towns because Maui is really country. You're not going to find high-rise business buildings here, and traffic is pretty minimal too compared to other islands. And even the popular towns like Lahaina or Paia, they still have that kind of rural, dusty one horse town kind of feel to them and that's why Maui is I think so enduring and such a great place to have a vacation and it's a great opportunity to get R&R &R and also in, include in some really great entertainment at the same time it's really hard to beat and each town in Maui kind of has its own unique charm that's what I love about it too so today's show, I'm going to highlight a few of those for you, just a handful full of uh, some of Maui's best little towns. Uh, there's a lot of dining and shopping and activity options that you're going to find all over the island. So it's really a good idea to have a little knowledge about some of the things you can expect to see in the different areas when you're on the island. So I think I'm going to cover that for you today. First of all, let's start with the Lahaina. It's probably one of the most talked about towns in in Maui. It's an old whaler's village that's now home to a lot of shops and restaurants and art galleries. You'll find a lot of options here. There's the main drag, which is called Front Street, and it runs along the water there. And you'll find, you know, surf shops like Quicksilver, Honolulu, Billabong, there's Hurley there. 
And it's not so uncommon to walk along the streets there and see souvenir shops that have really interesting things like skulls, <laughs> shark skulls, or uh, they have shark's teeth, and they even have, I've seen voodoo dolls there. They even have a really unique ABC souvenir shop there and lots of art galleries that are just inc incredible. But the real draw and a, a big draw to Lahaina, it's, is, it's, it's just a great place for nightlife. They've got bars there like Moose McGillicuddy's, there's Longhees, and Fleetwood's, you know, Fleetwood Max Place. Uh, those are very popular there. It's also a common place to actually spot some celebrities wandering, you know, sauntering around in Lahaina. I've seen a few there. Uh, you can get a really good burger and an even better view over at Cheeseburger. Uh, you can also find live music almost every night at Chemo's, which is right on the water. And it's really a great location, a great place to hang out. There's also a lot of breakfast and lunch cafes just on the side streets on Front Street. So you don't want to overlook some of the little side restaurants that are there. One of my favorite restaurants is, is further down. It's called Pacifico. And you might want to check out the, I think it's the 939 shops, which is all the way down. You think, you think you know, if you go past where the banyan tree is, if you keep walking down Front Street, you're going to find a whole nother set of shops and restaurants and stuff. And that's where Pacifico is. It's a great restaurant. Definitely check that out. Okay, and then uh, another place is Paia. And this is one of my favorite little towns in Maui because of its diversity. You've got taco bars and surf shops and jewelry shops. Just an eclectic mix of stuff. Even tattoo parlors that are really great that I've heard. I don't do tattoos, but I've heard they've got a couple of really great. Some of the best tattoo parlors are there. And you can find it all in Paia. It's close to the Kahului Airport. And it's also a great place to explore after your flight especially if you're looking for a meal or some nightlife and you don't want to be in some of those touristy places. And you definitely want to check out Flatbread, Flatbread Company. They have the best pizza there, so definitely check it out. They also have a great happy hour. Paia is also known as the heart of Maui's North Shore because it's a quaint little beach town with a lot of historical roots, especially in the sugarcane industry and you can actually see smoke from the mill that's in a di in the distance there um, which is one of the only two operating sugar mills in Hawaii and there's still this friendly kind of welcoming atmosphere that you have there a lot more locals in this place than you find in other parts of other little towns in Maui and it's also fronted by two of Maui's best beaches Actually, Baldwin Beach is there. They have that white sand. Really beautiful. It also has a lot of uh, public facilities if you need there. And Ho'okipa Beach, which is one of the best windsurfing beaches in the entire world. So you definitely want to check out Paia. Another place is Makawao. And this is a smaller kind of town. Smaller than these first two that I was just mentioning. But definitely worth a mention because Maui... Makawao is like home to the Paniolo, which is a Hawaiian cowboy. A lot of deep country roots here. And you can even find a cowboy store there. And you can find a, a place where they have uh, leather boots. And it's got belt buckles. I forget the name of that store. It's located right there in Makawao. I always stop there when I go to Maui. And at one time it was named one of the top 25 art towns in the entire U.S.,
And it's also home to the largest Hawaii cowboy competition in the state. And they do have a rodeo there every year. So if you're in town, you can check it out. It's, it attracts a lot, of, uh, a lot of people. It's actually around the 4th of July when they do that. And they do everything there. You know, even the calf roping, the bareback, bronco riding. And it's been going on there for almost 50 years. So it's a really great thing to catch if you're there over the July 4th weekend. Another town in Maui is called Kihei. And that's located on the southwest shoreline of Maui. And the south side, just is, in general, is a lot sunnier and dry. And you'll find a lot of shops along a long stretch here. Uh, there's a lot of shopping centers, and they're, they're kind of spread out, not like Lahaina or Paia, where it's very centralized. They're all kind of spread out, and you could get to everything, but it's, it's going to take you a lot of walking. You definitely want to check out the Kihei Cafe. They've got some great pastries there, and a really great breakfast that I like is, is there, and unbelievable coffee. And like many restaurants in Kihei, they only take cash, which I've noticed this on Maui. A lot of the restaurants only take cash. You've got to make sure you bring cash to some of these places. And you can find order-at-the-window kind of coffee shops that have smoothies and acai bowls. And there's tour companies. You should get activities from there. There's also a lot of condos along this area. We do a lot of more affordable condos. I don't put a lot of people in Kihei, but there are some places that I do recommend in Kihei to put people, but you're going to find more budget condos down in that area. You're going to find a lot of supermarkets and cinemas and a lot of beachfronting places along the strip here. And there's lots of, uh, lots of stuff to do. There's just a good mix of things, everything from like little boutique shopping to fast food restaurants right up to a lot of fine dining restaurants. I mean, Sorrento's is right there, and it's along the water, and it's just a great restaurant. It's one of my favorites to recommend. And just east of Kihei is McKenna Beach, which is Big Beach, and of course Wailea, which houses a lot of the upscale hotels and shopping as well. Another place I want to mention, and it's uh, our last one. Uh, of course, there's lots of towns in Maui, but I just wanted to highlight some of the more popular ones and some of my favorites. And, of course, that's the whole Kaanapali area. By the way, I'm not doing this in any order. <laughs> you know, you can, I'm sort of jumping around from the west side to the south side all around here. Um, but Kaanapali is definitely an area that I want to mention because of its famous cliff diving ceremony that you can see every night from Black Rock. It's pretty amazing. It's on the western point of Kaanapali Beach and during the day it's really ideal for snorkeling and swimming. It's great for, you know, there's a Whaler's Village there and a lot of great shopping and restaurants and a lot of good hotels there. You definitely want to check that out. And you'll find a lot of uh, supermarkets. If you need to stock up on food, this is a great place to do it. And there's lots of coffee shops and a lot of boutique-style restaurants that you can find there. So Kaanapali is definitely on my uh, list, too. It can be combined with a trip maybe to Lahaina. Or if you're staying on the west side, you're going to experience a lot of this. When you think about your location, where you're going to stay in Maui, usually it ends up being either the west side or the south side. The west side being the Kaanapali, Lahaina area, or the south side being the Kihei, Wailea area. Of course, there's, there's places, lots of other places to stay there, but 
I would say that 80%, 80 to 90% of the people are picking these two areas to stay in. You can also stay further north, obviously, in the, uh, in the Kapahula area as well. There's just so much that Maui has to offer. And one of the fun things about it are these little quaint towns that kind of have their own little thing going on. So you definitely want to check that out. I'll be putting some, some of my stuff on my show notes. And you can check it out by going to my podcast page, hawaii-aloha.com slash podcast. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. I want to thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to tune in next Monday. In between now and then, you can check out our companion podcast, Lucky We Live 808. That gives you more in-depth information. Uh, I do that with Wade, the poor man fisherman, and we talk a lot about Hawaii issues and stuff that's happening here. I get off script and talk about some controversial things. And you can also check us out, of course, by uh, checking out our blog, hawaii-aloha.com slash blog. We have our first blog coming out in HuffPost, Hawaii this week, and also an appearance that I'll be on, the local television station. I'll be making that available on my Facebook page and my blog page as well. All right, that's going to do it. I want to thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. And for my beautiful wife, Yaling, and all of us here at Hawaii Aloha Travel, aloha and mahalo.